Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Larry. Welcome to Manipod, a podcast dedicated to men over 50. Brought to you by Manipause.com. Hi, this is Larry, and that's Mike, and we're here for another Manipod podcast on Manipause.com. We're really excited today to have Dr. Jonathan Greenberg. He's a trained dentist and an expert in snoring and sleep apnea to the point where he invented basically the number one treatment as far as we're concerned for snoring. Right, as Mike? As far as I'm concerned, that right. is correct. Right. And Dr. Greenberg, thanks for coming on. But I, before you start, I want to tell a little story about why we're even sitting here today. When Larry and I launched uh, Manipause.com in February, we started talking about different products and different business people that we could have on that really pertain to our group of, of fans, uh, our subscribers, 50-plus-year-old uh, men, and I said, Zippa. I, I've been using it for over three years. It is the number one snore guard as far as I'm concerned, and I've been using them for years and years and years. I've tried every single one of them, and three years ago, I discovered... <laughs> Yeah I, yeah, I did. And uh, about three years ago, I discovered yours, right? And I'm holding it right here, and I'll explain it in a second. But the difference between yours and what I was using in the past, several things, and three in particular. One, it fits in your mouth perfectly. And the reason I say that is because the other ones your mouth stays open and you drool all night long. And boy, when you take that pillowcase off, it is disgusting. So that's number one. And I'll show you right now. <clears throat> Larry likes that because my mouth is closed and I'm not talking. It's perfect. But it's it's perfect. perfect, right? It fits perfect. Number two, you know, the other ones get a little stanky after, you know, a few, uh, a few weeks and, it's hard to get the smell out. The odor is, is disgusting. So uh, yours does not do that. And you have to tell us about the formula, how you created this. And the other great part of this is when my wife is looking over, um, she doesn't have to kick me or practically throw me off the bed because of the snoring. So it really, really does work. And I'm well, very and happy to have you. As a matter of fact, yes, uh, you know, he, before the, the pandemic, Mike and I were traveling a lot for manopause.com and we would obviously get a room together, uh, separate beds. And uh, until he started using Zipa, I would occasionally hear gurgling and, and, and weird noises. And of course I had to witness that nice string of egg white when he would get up off the pillow. But when he first got Zipa and he, uh, he slept with it, I, I literally had to get out of bed and go over and look because I thought he was dead. I didn't hear a thing. And so to me, that was proof right there that that was really working on him. It yeah. didn't kill him, but, but, <laughs> but anyways, it was, he was quiet and I could sleep as well. So Dr. Greenberg, tell us. Tell us about Zipa and tell us about you know, how you got started. It's a great story. Great. Uh, well, thanks for having me here. I mean, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, it's about time there's something for guys over 50. Uh, you know, we just take a beating from everybody. And, uh, everything's about the women. And I love the women. I love my wife. You know, we've been married now for 41 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, she's awesome. 
Uh, but, you know, it's like I like my guy friends and it's nice to have a little focus about us and uh, not to be neglected. And, uh, you know, what you guys are doing is just a blast. So I'm Thank loving you. it. Thanks. So to tell you a little bit, <laughs> you're welcome. But to tell you a little bit about my background, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I started out uh, college, I went to Syracuse, the Orange. Up in the snow, you get about three days of uh, sunshine a year. And, uh, you know, people would say, what do you do during the summer uh, if we were there? And say, well, if it happens to fall on a weekend, we'll have a picnic. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of snow. I was in their first uh, bioengineering class uh, that they graduated many years ago, actually 78. And while I was there, Jim Beheim first started coaching. So you can see how long that's been. Uh, long time. Finished up Syracuse, went on to NYU for dental school, lived in Manhattan, which was, if anybody gets a chance to live in New York City, boy, what an exciting time. Fantastic. But when I finished graduating, I needed good weather, headed out to Southern California, uh, Los Angeles, set up my dental practice doing what most dentists do in Southern California, cosmetic dentistry. Mm -hmm. And that was 81. By 91, I was very fortunate. I had the practice and the career I thought it was going to take 30 years, and it took me 10. And I felt like I needed to do more with my life. Uh, my wife, her background was marketing research. She was head of marketing research at a major ad agency. You know, we were the typical couple. They called them dinks back then. A double income, no kids. Uh -huh. right. And so, you know, we had done our traveling stuff. We decided it's time to have kids. And I didn't want to be the dad that was going to miss out on the kids growing up. I wanted to be there for the first steps, the first words. I, you know, I was, we had done a lot of the other things. I said, if I'm going to have kids, I want to thoroughly enjoy them. They're for my selfish pleasure, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. I sold my dental practice. My wife quit her job at the ad agency, you know, and we were in our late thirties and people said, you're way too young to have a midlife crisis. <laughs> we, you know, we had both kids uh, which was just so much fun. We got to do all that, uh, and we decided to write a book. The book's a little bit different, because I've always been a little bit different. Uh, at least that's what my friends tell me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I always did adventure type of things, uh, whether it was helicopter skiing or hang gliding or rock climbing. You know, people always said I had a death wish, but I said, no, it's really an alive wish. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm on the side of a mountain, I am not thinking about my mortgage bill. <laughs> I'm not thinking about the person at the uh, gas station that was just kind of out there. I'm thinking about breathing and staying alive. <laughs> and so it really gets you centered. And then when you come back to work uh, on Monday, you are so totally focused, energized. It's really wonderful. So we decided to write a book. The name of the book was, it was in the mid-90s, early 90s, called If You Can't Remember Your Last Vacation, You Need This Book. And it was really a how-to on adventure travel. We found that nobody really did a book like that. Everybody, travel agents were making commissions. There was nothing like a consumer reports. So we did the book by chapter, by activity. And, you know, so one was uh, river kayaking, another one sea kayaking, another one photographic uh, trips, expeditions, uh, ballooning trips where you would be in Europe and go, uh, you know, from castle to castle taking off in balloons after, you know, that day. Just things that people don't think about. And, you know, for instance, if somebody goes on a um, sea kayaking trip, 
and they're expecting rough and tumble, they're going to be upset. Uh, it's beautiful. Sea of Cortez is incredible. Uh, or if they go, see, you know, sea kayaking and they think it's going to be rough and tumble like river kayaking down uh, rapids, they'll be disappointed. So each chapter was broken out into what the activity is actually about, uh, who are the best outfitters there. We sold through our first two printings. We actually were on the Oprah Winfrey show uh, wow. back wow. then. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, my daughter, I think, was six months old. It was like 93, uh, just right 94. And she got to meet Oprah. She doesn't remember it, but Oprah held her in. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun back then. And then uh, by 2001, uh, I went back into dentistry. My wife, we kind of burned through the capital we had. And my wife said, you know what? Uh, at that time, she went back to work and she was working at uh, Nestle. Uh, and the Warner Brothers, and I said, you know, she goes, get out of the house. The kids are in school. Go back to dentistry, which you love. And that was 2001. And a guy came in the door and said, you got to hop onto the next big bandwagon in dentistry, which is treating snoring and sleep apnea. And at that point, I said, sleep apnea what? We didn't <laughs> even know what sleep apnea was. Yeah. I mean, this was 2001. But he said, it's the next big thing. His you know, pitch was pretty compelling to buy, you know, like ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 worth of equipment. And so we did it. And we started treating these people with snoring and sleep apnea with a mouthpiece. And I was very frustrated because as a dentist, you know, as a physician, if you're 50% successful with somebody who has cancer, you're doing fantastic uh, with a lot of things, but you're rarely 99 to 100% successful. But if somebody comes to see a dentist, they expect perfection. They want that crown of those veneers to be perfect. Uh, they want to be out of pain. That root canal should be perfect. So dentists have this mentality of perfection. And the mouthpieces were only 50 to 75% successful. So, you know, I started to do this research. We actually had a patient that came in the office. And she had a chart this thick. She had been to every doctor, manageable, neurologist, pulmonologist, psychologist, uh, been through five to 10 different CPAP machines, uh, dozens of different mouthpieces, couldn't be better. And we, of course, were so green behind our ears. We said, oh, sure, we can help you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's better not to know anything because <laughs> we were just starting out. She said, you know, the Ruth, every morning when I wake up, the roof of my mouth is sore. And we just ignored her because everything we were taught was that snoring and sleep apnea was about the throat collapsing. The throat collapsing, that's what caused it. And we were just doing what we were told and said, the roof of your mouth, well, that's the tongue, nothing to do with the throat collapsing. Well, we tried treating her for a month or two with no success, of course. And then we got this crazy idea to listen to a patient. I mean, you know, really, that's doctors' biggest problems. We don't listen to patients. So we decided to listen to her. And we said, so to rule out the, um, you know, the only thing that could cause her mouth, the roof of her mouth to be sore in the morning, was the tongue pushing up against it. So we, made, we actually strung two wires across the roof of the mouth on this mouthpiece. So the tongue would have to hit these wires. She called us, now she hadn't slept in five years, incredibly depressed, hasn't been able to have a job, out of work, and she called us back three days later, said, I'm cutting my tongue in half. <laughs> we said, that's impossible. <laughs> okay? 
She comes in, she's got grooves in her tongue about half an inch deep, okay? So we, you know, look at it and go, wow. So we created a bunch, mixed a bunch of acrylic, made a wad of acrylic between the two wires, sent her home. Calls us back two days later. And we could tell massive difference already. She goes, the first time in five years, I've been able to sleep. I feel like a million bucks. The light bulb went on. We said, wow, sounds like the tongue. So we started to mess around with making these appliances now to go after the tongue. Now, I mean, when you think about it, everybody, my patients knew it was the tongue. Doctors never knew it was the tongue. But patients did because, you know, if you look at what goes on with the patient, they're snoring most when they're on their back and they get elbowed. Well, if you look anatomically, if you're able to just cut a cross section of the face, the only reason it would be worse, snoring would be worse on your back is because the tongue is falling back. You know, some people say, no, it's my nose. It's not my tongue. And I go, well, how come you don't snore while you're awake? <laughs> if it was your nose, you'd snore while you're awake. But the only right. thing that changes when you sleep is you lose muscle tone, your tongue's a muscle, it falls back, and hence. So when you get elbowed, you're going on your side, the snoring's less. The other thing a lot of people say, a lot of patients tell me, oh, I only snore when I drink alcohol. Alcohol is what? A muscle relaxant. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you... Now, the other thing is, well, I didn't snore when I was 20 or 30, but now I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm snoring like a bear. What's wrong? Well, what happens to our muscle tone as we get older? Right. Okay? I mean, you know, everything starts to sag. And in the well, wrong place. Also, if there's weight gain, obviously, <laughs> that whole area begins to get a little tighter. But, you know, for our audience, this would be a good place for us to, uh, to talk about um, why analysis, and I know you have sleep clinics, which uh, are, are unbelievably helpful now, the difference between certain types of sleep apnea and snoring and how it's really more of a spectrum than an individualized thing. Um, I mean, there's uh, the obstructive sleep apnea is primarily what you're talking about, that, that it, and a manifestation of that is, is snoring. And, the, and for me, uh, I mean, I snore, and I, I'm going to be wearing that Zipa thing. But uh, the, the, I, had, I have a friend whose husband uh, was in his late 40s, sort of a little bit of a big guy, had chronic back pain, so he used low doses of pain pills to control that. They were going on cruises. The last cruise they went on, uh, he, on the night they were cruising into – uh, you know, their destination, they had a big party. He used a CPAP machine, by the way. And he, so he had some alcohol, of course. He also had, um, uh, had taken his morning pain pill. And his wife, who's a nurse, said, make sure you put your CPAP on. And uh, he didn't. And the next morning, she woke up next to her dead husband. And her two kids were in the room. She tried to revive him, of course, he obviously was dead. So not only is it an annoying thing to be snoring, but it is potentially, uh, maybe not immediately deadly, like for this poor guy, but uh, as you can maybe describe, all of the uh, other medical problems that can happen from chronic, untreated sleep apnea, whether it's cardiomegaly or some of these other things, uh, maybe you can enlighten our uh, our viewers about why this is not just some, 
you know, trinket that people should have. I mean, it can be life-saving. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. In fact, snoring is a partially blocked airway. Sleep apnea is a completely blocked airway. That's the only difference. Right. So what happens is you go from snoring to loud snoring to really loud snoring to mild sleep apnea to moderate to severe. As we get older, we're all going to be afflicted by this uh, because we're losing muscle tone. And so, and of course, the more weight we have, uh, the worse it is. That just adds on to it. However, an interesting fact is that you can't, you know, doctors go, oh, just lose the weight and you're going to be fine. But 60 Minutes did a great program about six years ago. Uh, if you're not getting your quality sleep, the REM sleep, which is where you do a lot of dreaming, that should be 20 to 25% of your sleep. If you're not getting that, your body metabolism literally gets cut in half. And there's an enzyme called leptin. Your leptin is the appetite suppressant. Those levels go down, so you crave carbohydrates. And that craving of carbohydrates and a lower body metabolism rate means you gain weight and it's almost impossible to lose it. So you have all these strikes against you mm-hmm. and you're exhausted. You can't lose weight, you tend to gain it, which only makes the problem worse. But if you then get the sleep, the snoring or the sleep apnea fixed, now you actually can start losing weight. And this happens all the time. Your type two diabetes goes away. Your high blood pressure goes away. You can get off the, uh, your statins and all high blood pressure medicines. So we've seen complete, tremendous reversals with patients that get treated. Another thing to realize is there's about 100 million people in the U.S. who snore. It's a huge number. Including women. Including women. It's not just men. Women, about 45% of the snores are women. Hmm. Okay? So, yes, just like women don't belch or they they don't pass gas, (laughs) you know, they don't snore. Of course, they really do. Pants on fire. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, but it's real. And so with 100 million people who snore, and, you know, we talk about secondhand snoring. is a term I created because the bed partner is being impacted by the snoring as well. Their REM sleep. And, you know, right now with COVID, where there's no drug, there is no, uh, you know, uh, vaccine, your immune system is really what you're depending upon. And, you know, for you not getting it or minimize of symptoms or even surviving. And your snoring and or sleep apnea can ravage the immune system or your bed partners by as much as 50%. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just an annoyance. This has real you know, health implications yes. for everybody. And it's why it's easy for me to be passionate about this. Yes. So you know, when you look at it, uh, there's about 45 million people in the US who have sleep apnea. So when you realize 100 million people snore, that means 45% of the people who snore have sleep apnea. The only way to find out if you have sleep apnea is a sleep test. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they've got these great home sleep tests. You don't have to go to a center anymore. The sleep tests are fantastic. But start start looking into this. You know, when people start, um, you know, the snoring mouthpiece on Zippo, we've got a lot of articles. You can Google a million articles on snoring, sleep apnea, and the relationship. But that tongue relationship is huge and that was really as we're talking about before what you know what my invention is what my patents were which was to go after the tongue directly and you know back then it was a double-edged sword my physician friends said 
you know, doc, just stay to dentistry. You know, you're not a real physician. Leave that to the real docs. And, you know, and nobody, I, knows, nobody knows the mouth and tongue better than a dentist. I'm That's sorry. right. Right. Yep. So five years later, by the way, he was an ENT. He comes into my office and he drops this journal of ear, nose, and throat surgeons uh, on my desk. And he goes, you know, you need to see this. And on the cover was a big picture of the tongue. And it said, if we're going to start having success treating sleep apnea, we need to start addressing the tongue. He said, I was wrong, and I came to admit it to you. Wow, that's big. Yep. He goes, I owe you a dinner. And I said, you owe me a really freaking big dinner. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's great. You know, when I first started, one of the reasons I first started using a mouthpiece is because I had sleep apnea. I did two sleep studies. Uh, I was on a CPAP machine. Uh, I was not overweight, but I looked at my wife and I said, I'm way too young for this. She was looking at me like, who are you? And I was in my mid 40s and I'm saying, you know what? This is going to affect a lot more than just my sleeping, okay? So that's how I started using a, a, a sleep guard, a, a mouthpiece. And, um, and it changed everything. And now with, you know, as it, it, I started to snore with the mouthpiece and then when I discovered yours with the tongue depressing, because yours is the only one that has that, then I stopped. And so, congratulations, and my wife thanks you. (laughs) Very welcome. I look forward to meeting her. (laughs) Yes, great. Hey, Mike, remember how you used to snore like a drunk moose? What changed? (laughs) I've been using the Snore Guard from Zipa. It's the best one I've ever used, and I've used them all. I have energy all day because I'm sleeping all night. I can tell, and your wife must be thrilled. Oh, yeah. Try the Zipa anti-snoring device. It works. Go to manopause.com forward slash Zipa and use the code manopause for the best price. Manopause.com forward slash Zipa. Happy Z's. So, so, uh, so it, it, there's two things that your device does, correct? It, it, it thrusts the jaw forward a little bit. Correct. And it also keeps the tongue from sliding back, correct? Correct. So all the mouthpieces, there's over 100 mouthpieces on the market. They all work by bringing the lower jaw forward. And what that does is the tongue is attached to the lower jaw. By bringing it forward, it opens the airway more, but it also creates some muscle tension on the tongue so that that also helps to keep it from falling back. So those work pretty well. But then I added to that the tongue strap to keep the tongue from falling back was really, that was the heavy lifting. You know, I kind of use the analogy, if we remember the first Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Harrison Ford is running through the bazaar uh, being chased and he comes across the guy uh, that's got the, yeah, the big sword that he's swinging around and he's got, I think he's got this little knife or the whip or something and he goes, this isn't going to work. And he goes, oh, I got a gun and he pulls out the gun. And- <laughs> so bring the jaw forward is kind of like the knife or the sword. The gun is kind of like the tongue, uh, the, the elastic Uh, for the tongue, in fact, what we call the seatbelt for the tongue. Now, you know, real important here, if somebody, you know, for snoring, the the, the Zipa mouthpiece, which is less than 100 bucks, it's online at zipa.com is great. That's wonderful. But if somebody has sleep apnea, they, you know, they don't, a lot of people, especially guys, don't want to be wearing that CPAP machine. Mm -hmm. They go, you know, Hannibal Lecter, 
Darth Vader, it might be sexy for two or three nights, but after that, it gets old very quickly. Right. And the good news is that there are custom-made mouthpieces by dentists that can treat sleep apnea equally as effective as a CPAP machine. And so, you know, when you have sleep apnea, you should be treated by a doctor. It could be a physician, a dentist, but somebody knowledgeable. Uh, a lot of physicians are not knowledgeable about sleep apnea, and a lot of dentists are not knowledgeable about sleep apnea. So you need to do your homework, your research. Uh, there are great dentists and physicians in every city uh, that are trained in treating sleep apnea. And, you know, mouthpieces are wonderful. You're going to be seeing uh, dentists for the mouthpiece. And uh, they can work really well. And we make a custom mouthpiece with the elastic uh, for the tongue as well. Uh, it's called the Zipa K. Uh, you would have to ask your dentist to order that uh, for you. But you can get that. Uh, and... You know, this is exciting. You know, we talked about uh, really second careers. I mean, I'm 64 right now. And, you know, all my colleagues, my, my dental friends are looking at retiring. And my career is like literally taking off. It's like I'm working, you know, 18-hour days, seven days a week, but I'm having more fun. You're than loving it. You're loving it. That's right? so yeah. great. Oh, yeah. You know, this has opened up doors. I mean, you know, when we talk about, kind of next chapters. I stopped doing dentistry in about 2007. And we started Zipa in 2012. And it has been such an incredible ride. I mean, we sponsored a car at the Indy race, Indy 500, you know, race track. Uh, and, you know, there I am, you know, at the Indy 500. I got there at four in the morning. I'm on the track with the pit crew. We're watching it come alive. I get to kiss the bricks. I guess to push the car. Wow. On the track. Wow, wow, wow. I'm in That's the pits awesome. for this incredible race. You know, I'm pinching myself. Uh, you know, Shaq is one of my uh, patients. And, you know, there's Shaquille O'Neal. We're on Dr. Oz um, and Good Morning America. And, you know, in New York, it's like, you know, is this real? You know, it's like I'm having so much darn fun. Uh, you know, we've been invited to the last five Super Bowls through Sirius and ESPN uh, and it's, you're, you're not there for just the Super Bowl. That's actually anticlimactic. We're there the whole week before what they call Radio Row and <clears throat> all the festivities. And we're like being wined and dined. And uh, it's just wonderful insanity. It's so, so much darn fun. So your, your, story, your story is, is unique in a way because, I mean, you have found that slot that has just taken you to the moon. But, but the origins of it are you, you never stopped trying to do what you wanted to do, right? In other words, you had some dreams. You, and it wasn't, it wasn't all money motivated. It was motivated by helping people. You have people. to love. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a great message you're giving right now to the people who are on menopause.com who are thinking about, well, what can I do now? I finished, I'm finished being this or that. Do I just sit around at home and keep pulling my pants higher or do I actually go out and do something? And, right. and so, I mean, what's your advice to them? They, you know, they're not going to make Zipa, but what's your advice in terms of how do you find that passion for something and go do it? Well, what you just said is perfect. I mean, that's the key word. If you're not passionate about it, go find and do something else because, you know, if we're 50 or 60, how many years do we have left? Right. Five, 15, right. 20. Okay. So every, every day you wake up, you know, should be a fantastic day. 
Yep. You're not waiting until you die. Do something you're excited and passionate about. What an opportunity if you're retired or looking towards retirement to really find what you're passionate about. Money has nothing to do with it. Money right. is really irrelevant. Right. You know, when you find, you know, people said, you know, somebody comes, gives you ridiculous boatloads of money. What would you do? And I go, the same exact thing I'm doing now. Right. The money is totally irrelevant. Right. When you find something you're passionate about. Look at you guys with menopause. Right. Okay. Exactly. I bet you guys are having last. Look at the people you get to interview. Look at you know yep. all these men that relate to you and women that actually are on your side as well. I bet you get a lot of women that listen and watch and are you know love what you're doing. Oh yeah, thirty uh, percent you know, of our you know thirty percent of our audience is women, which right. is incredible. Right. Yeah, they want to know what's wrong with their men, so they're coming on to see what the hell's going on. Uh, but you're right. I mean, we, Mike and I we've been doing this now for about probably 11 or 12 years because there are, there are a variety of things we're doing with menopause, including uh, we, we actually filmed a uh, television pilot presentation uh, of, of a story that we wrote. And, uh, and so we've been doing a, a, a variation on this for 11 or 12 years. And we have had so much fun. We have gone places and met people and seen things and again, we both have good jobs, so it's not really about the money, like you say. But we, Mike was an actor when he was younger, and I wanted to be a screenwriter. And so we're kind of getting back into, into the, the, uh, the, the business that allows me to write articles and allows Mike to do podcasts. And so we're, we're kind of right. going back in time, pulling our passions forward and then, and then chasing after them. And, and it's been a great hobby too. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys will go out and golf and they'll spend the weekends golfing. We spend early, early mornings and late, late nights and on the weekends having fun yep. and doing what we love doing. And this yeah. is, it's great. And we can still maintain our businesses and do this uh, for fun. And it's, it, you know, at some point this will be, you know, our businesses will be our swan song and we'll go into this full time. And this <laughs> yeah. will be, you know, uh, the last stages of what we, what we want to do, but what a way to go out, right. Is just having a blast. Well, yeah. I mean, what you're saying is so perfect because you know, what you're doing is you're evolving your future so that you have more fun in your last chapter. How many people that we know peak when they're, you know, actors, when they're right. 20 or 30, uh, and then what's right. left, and then it's kind of depressing, uh, or with their careers, uh, you know, and then they retire. Instead, finding this, and my recommendation for anybody listening is do not wait. Start Excellent. immediately. Excellent, um, yes. But, you know, what I would say, you know, procrastination is the devil of all of us, and we need to just, Jump on it. Now, one of the things I, you know, I've done in the past, I do a lot of, is write down, I write down a list of what would be my perfect thing to do. What are my favorite hobbies? And I don't want to, you don't want, never want to work at your hobby because when you work at your hobby, it no longer becomes fun. Right. So you have to just find what is your passion. If you had a magic wand and you could create whatever you want to do, it doesn't exist. But what are the adjectives, not job? Because J-O-B is, you know, it's a three-letter word, which is worse than a four-letter word. So, <laughs> you know, what, what, do you, what do you really want to do 
you know, what makes you fun? And, you know, you know what makes you fun when you start to think about it and you get excited. Your heart starts to race. It was like when that, you know, you met that first girl that you wanted to date and you were like, you couldn't do anything but think about that. Well, wouldn't you, you know, most of us have something like that. It could be wanting to race a car or ride a horse or whatever it is, have a boat. You know, these things that you just, oh, I'm too old, I'll never do that. No, if you are passionate about it, if when you think about that, your heart starts to race. Yep. Start yep. thinking about it now and write that list. What I would do uh, is I would just write that list. And before I go to bed every night, I would just read through it three or four times. I don't dwell on it, just read it. Now, I always have next to my night table a pad and a pen. And I would typically find somewhere between 50 and 15 and 45 days, I'll wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. And I know just to write down, just don't think too much, just scribble anything I can. I go back to bed. I wake up the next morning. There's my answer. Yeah. It's, it works every time. The brain is amazing. Yeah. And it will mm -hmm. figure out things we can't figure out. But, you know, to everybody, my recommendation is to think about it. Yeah, I mean, not think about it, do it, like the Nike commercial says. Yeah. yeah just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it, it takes you uh, to places that you don't anticipate. And that's been, that's been the last 12 whatever years that Mike and I have been doing this is, you know, it leads where maybe you didn't expect. Like, we, we, when we first started this journey, we, did, we weren't thinking about a website. What we got here because of all the other things that we did. I mean, we did a uh, location scouting trip down to Panama, and we went into the jungles, and we went to this village uh, in, in the middle of freaking nowhere by boat, and they cooked us fish. that they, they pulled it out of the water and cooked it right there. I mean, it, with these things that it's like, God, whoever thought I'd be in Panama in the jungle eating fish they just pulled out of the river, right? And we didn't plan that. It right. happened because we were pursuing this dream. Right. And, and same thing with you, I'm sure. Is this, this has led to the Indianapolis 500 and all that, right? That you didn't plan to do this company so that you could do that. That dream led you there. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. No, I, none of these were ever planned. But, you know, it's so back to the field of dreams and Kevin Costner. Yep. Uh, you know, if you do what you love, then nothing else matters. Yep. Right. It's never about the money. How many people do we know that are multimillionaires that are unhappy? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Money exactly. can't buy you love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, the other thing is that one of the, uh, menopause.com, when we started it, a lot of what we were going to be doing were events and, and, and travel was going to be a big part. Uh, Mike and I are planning uh, for next year a menopause group tour to South Africa for a safari with uh, a gentleman that is a game warden there and a, an anti-poaching advocate that Mike met uh, in another group. And we've formed a great relationship with him. We're going to be publishing his book. And uh, he's, he's going to be setting up a really special, uh, it's going to be a photo-oriented safari where we're going to have a, a, another partner of ours who's an award-winning photographer go down as well. So uh, these are going to be kind of uh, unique bucket list things for our menopause.com crowd that, that don't want to just go on the next cruise. They, they want to do something exciting and different 
that'll make their friends jealous. And that's kind of that's kind of the stuff we're planning on doing. Uh, that I know you can identify with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I love. You know, obviously, I wrote the book on doing this stuff. Safari's exactly. was a chapter. Uh, so absolutely fantastic. Love the ideas. So what's next for you? We are. We're going to be coming out with more products for Zpop. So we already have our own version of Breathe Right strips. Oh, that nice. is on the market. Uh, uh, they work, in my opinion, uh, and, you know, of course, I'm biased, so I'll say that at the outset, uh, but they're uh, green, and it's big thing uh, about them. We think it works a little bit better, but we have a case, a really cool carrying case for the strips, so when you put them in an overnight bag or a gym bag, uh, they don't get crushed and wrinkled and such, so we have that going on. Uh, we've got a cleaner for the mouthpiece, we're going to be coming out with our own version of our own pillow. Uh, you know, Happy Z, uh, Zipa is Happy Z spelled backwards. So if anybody can't remember the name, just remember Zipa is Happy Z spelled backwards. You know, remember, I'm out of the 60s and 70s. We used to play our uh, vinyl records backwards to right. get the message. Get the there. secrets. So, right. All um, is dead. All is dead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we um, so with Zipa, we want to be known as that brand for the bedroom, everything not having to do with sex. So if it's sex, that would be a different company. But <laughs> Zipa is everything for the bedroom, not a having a different to do attachment, with sex. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> However, you know, if you use the Zipa products and you don't snore, you're going to get more sex. That's so it. That's true. It, it is related somehow to Zipa. That's, that's true. Sure. Yeah. By the way, if you are working on a pillow, you know, I've yes. been thinking of one for years because the big problem I have with pillows has, is not really related to snoring. Although, to be honest with you, I, I think a pillow that keeps your, your chin up is helpful. But for me, the mo most important thing is pressure on my ears. When I, I, it's so hard for me to find a pillow that, that doesn't make me wake up every, uh, uh, you know, frequently because it's, it's, there's pressure on my ear. And so I've been thinking, in case you want to use it, if you could make a pillow that has a, a cutout so that you don't, when you're laying there, the pressure's all on your head and not on your ear, I'll buy a million of those. Uh, I think that, for me, that's a way to go. Uh, and if you don't do it, I'm yeah, going to. <laughs> no, I, just quickly thinking, you know, as you put this in my mind, one of the problems with that being on a pillow is that we move throughout the night. We don't say stable. So what, something that might be, you know, and, you know, the initial ones I'm thinking would be ugly and not a lot of fun, but something you can wear over your head that would not allow you to put pressure on your ears, uh, but we have to make it fun and kind of, you know, like a fun mask. You know, you can change the mask so every night you go to bed, you're a different character. Uh, could <laughs> the, be a lot of fun. So that that would now that would be a picture. That right. thing and the zipa. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna turn the wifey on, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. No. Well, that, right, that's well, good. This, I mean, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Mike. Mike has nothing but a good thing. He tells everybody, uh, including he's been bugging me to get it because he says when I sleep over there. Uh, I snore, so I'm going to be starting that, and I will document with articles my experience with it, and my wife will probably chime in as well. Uh, I think not only are you making a, a, a quality product, 
but you're really, I mean, literally you're making a product that without exaggeration can not only change lives, but I think really save lives. Right. And, uh, and we, you know, we commend you for doing that uh, and doing it with passion like you're doing. Uh, I, you know, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for that. I mean, yes, it's clearly a passion. I, I mean, how many things can I do where I can literally change the quality of people's lives as well as the quantity, allow them to live longer or more fulfilling lives? Uh, you know, I don't look at, you know, Saturdays or Sundays as am I working or not working on Monday, you know, Am I going to work? Uh, I'm excited every day. You know, when I get up, I get up typically at five in the morning and I'm still sending emails. Uh, I'm just, I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my life. Um, and, you know, it's just great to be able to help people. And, you know, this is worldwide. This is not just a U.S. thing, uh, but we are really proud, um, the U.S. All our ZPAs, all our products for ZPA are made in the U.S. So we wanted That's to keep great. that yeah. here stateside. Um you know, it's, you know, we've got a phenomenally great country, and I hate the divisiveness that's going on. Um, and so being able to do something, you know, think about it. When you stay up all night long, uh, or your bed partner is up all night long because of snoring, but when you used to pull an all-nighter, if we can remember when we did that, how were we the next morning? Miserable. We were, right. We were nasty. <laughs> we were short-tempered. Yeah. make snap quick decisions. We make you know, quick judgments that often were wrong. And we were just not nice to be around. And that's what happens when you're snoring every night, not getting quality sleep, or the same things happening to your bed partner or with sleep apnea. And then, in com you know, do that in contrast where you get a great night's sleep. You wake up in the morning feeling like a million bucks jumping out of bed and going, I'm ready to take on the world. Well, you know, and now you're about love instead of hate and fight. Uh, you know, I can tell you, I've had so many patients, and I've, I've treated thousands and thousands of patients for sleep apnea. And I can tell, I've got so many stories where testimonials where people told me they were alcoholics, and the minute I got them better, they stopped the alcohol completely. They stopped their uh, coding and their medications that they were taking because they took them just to get by for the day. Right. Because there was no other way they could get by during that day. So many of our soldiers coming back with PTSD, the correlation of PTSD and untreated sleep apnea is ridiculous, ridiculously high. Wow. And no, so many of them, uh, alcohol problems, drug problems, and suicide. And, you know, if we can get them treated for their sleep apnea, now their PTSD can start getting treated because they're getting good quality sleep. Uh, you know, this is wonderful. We can have a, you know, people so much kinder, so much more love around instead of this fighting, which is just driving all of us nuts. Yeah, absolutely. It excites me. Yeah. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Totally agree. Now, we would love to continue this uh, in a part two uh, down the road. And if you will join us again sometime, this is- By then, by then I'll be a user. He'll be a user and he can show his mouthpiece- like right. I show mine, and then we can talk about other things in the world, right. uh, not just the great sleep that we're getting, but just just being kind to one another, and uh, that that's important to us. Yeah. So uh, you know, thanks so much for being with us. We're actually our crowd's not going to like this, but we're going to stay on and talk after the uh, podcast. But thank you so much for joining us for this podcast, Dr. Greenberg, and. Um, 
Uh, Zipa is going to be prominently featured on the manopause.com site. So please go there and visit. And uh, uh, there's going to be a nice surprise for our manopause.com community when they go to purchase this uh, device. So thanks again, and we will see you for part two soon. This was great, and thank you so much, and uh, I'm a big fan of yours. All thank right, you. take care.